We are back from Iowa. I'm back from Iowa. Dave's been in LA this whole time. I've been here. I did not go to Iowa. <clears throat> I wish you could have come, dude. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I always imagine, like, I, I literally have no idea what Iowa looks like, in, like, in my head. Like, I imagine what it looks like. So, I'm, so, I'm like, very um, eager to see what it actually is, looks like. Yeah, I could show you some photos. Um, today, we are going to talk about the power of paying it forward. And, I mean, that's basically what Black Widow Cream is in a nutshell. And I got to go do it at my university um, two days ago, which is fucking dope. And I kind of wanted to reflect on the moment because it's a big deal for me, Dave. So is that cool? Let's reflect in the moment, man. Right after this intro. 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 Welcome to the morning roast, a place where you will get the most info from a deep dive into the topics that really need life with your host, Ben and Dave, coming to you live today. Grab your cup of joe. And take some fucking notes, you bitch. All right, we're back. Uh, first things first, I got to tell you guys that uh, I need you to go pick up a black with no cream mug right now. ShopBWNC.com because they're fucking dope. Also, it's almost that cold season again. You know what I'm saying? So that means we got hoodies still. We do have a couple. I don't know how many we have left. I think I feel like there might be a couple in there. There's probably like a good 12 or 14 left in the store. But so if you... Yeah, please go get them. Cop those because once they're out, they're not coming back, and then we'll have a new. We'll definitely get a new winter 2019 hoodie. Facts. Um, so thank you for supporting Black Widow Cream by doing so. Uh, this is going to be an episode um, less about like a deep dive, more about a deep dive into my soul and how I had a great trip back to Iowa this weekend. I basically got reached out to by Dave's watching football, so I'm just going to basically. I'm just not talk. watching football. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so while Dave watches the Packers or whoever the fuck play uh, football right now, I want to tell you about this trip I took home that Dave knows all about. So he doesn't really need to hear all this shit anyway. Anyway, it is about fast forward, pay it forward. Right? Yeah. We're going to record three episodes right now for morning roast. So it's kind of hard to balance all this shit. But anyway, got to go home. Sorry, totally blank for a second. Got to go home to Iowa to speak at this event. It's called Fast Forward. It's at UNI, the University of Northern Iowa. Look it up. It's on the map. Um, And I graduated from there. I got asked to go there a couple months back, and it was exciting because this specific event is for the communications department, which I graduated with, and specifically like the um, digital media kids. So... Basically, it's for a bunch of nerds, and there's and the department's pretty small. But this is like one of the first times that they've tried to reach out to the community, and allow community people to come too. So it's like their first stab at like, I think they're low key using it as like a recruitment tool, like to try to get people interested in that department or the idea that here's some cool people that graduated from the school and blah 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 blah. So I got to be the they invited me to be the keynote speaker, and if you don't know what that means, that's like the main event top like the the big speech of the day is from the keynote speaker and there's most likely like little speakers in between or like little workshops that you can go to and check out and that's kind of the idea of that shit so i'm like fuck that's crazy um i never thought my school was gonna invite me back 
ever. <laughs> They've definitely called me to pay, give them money or whatever since then, but I never thought they'd call me back, but it was crazy because I remember going to that fast forward event when I was at UNI, it was on a Friday and I didn't have classes that day, but one of my teachers asked, like made it mandatory that we go for credit, right? So if we didn't, we get dock points and shit, whatever. So I was bummed that I didn't get to like go skateboard for the day or whatever it was. And I went to this event and it was crazy cause I don't think I'd ever been to like, did you go to, did you have events like that? Like seminars and like workshops and stuff like that at school um, that you would go to? I mean, there was definitely a bunch of them, but usually they're like, they were optional. So I probably wouldn't go. Right. But, but so I hadn't either. Yeah. I never went. And so I was like, bummed and then I got there and right away you had to go to these workshops you kind of like pick like they'd have like for an hour there's three different workshops you get to pick one you go to it you sit in there and learn whatever and they're by like different people in the field that work around Iowa or the surrounding areas that most likely are alum that come and tell you about what they do and get you like kind of excited like for career options and shit so the dude Michael that reached out to me to do this speech he he ran a production company in my town that is called Around the Corner Productions. I remember like looking up to them like, dang, they shoot all like the Pita Pit commercials and like the, you know what I mean? Like the local commercials. I was like, I want to edit for them someday and stuff. And I like sat in his class, his workshop, and he like talked about business structure and whatever they do. And I remember being so inspired. And then I went to the keynote at the end of the day and I didn't even know what a keynote was. And it was this dude who I just found out his name is Mark Steinis. And he like told this story and I, I'm probably botching the story, but what I remember of it was like, he basically went to you and I, left to Hollywood, did the whole hustle and bustle, slept in his car, grind, 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 whatever, and then became like this E! News host on entertainment television or whatever. And I, I remember telling us this story and it was like, at the time it was probably like 20 people, like no, it was just for our department at the time. So it was like a small room, he was there. And I remember he offered like an internship program to like two seniors from our school, which was cool. So they could like fly out to LA and live in LA for the summer. I don't know, he was, he was doing dope shit. And I remember hearing it and being like, damn, like it's fucking possible to move. That was like the first time I realized it was possible to move to California. Like that people can leave Iowa, not even just California, but people leave and do shit. You know what I mean? Like the people before were like local, this, this, and that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like that's a job, that's a job, that could be a job. And then it's like, yo, I moved to Hollywood and made it. And you're just like, damn, shit, this is crazy. So that I remember inspiring me so much, not really knowing what I wanted to do at the time in college. You know what I mean? But thinking like that's that someone did it so it's possible and you heard all these other rumors of other people that left and tried it. And then for them to email me and ask me to be that person this time around was like, just like nuts to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think I literally was with you when I got the email. But oh, what the fuck? They want me to speak at this shit. That's crazy. Cause I wasn't like a great student. Like I was, uh, you saw my videos. Like I was just like messing around and like joking and making these wild news reports for like our news t TV channel and stuff. So anyway, it was cool. So they invited me. So I came back, me and Lauren went back to Iowa and I thought I was going to have like all of October to prepare for this speech. Me and Dave had plans of like putting up together a fire ass speech. And then I had like a million jobs pop up. So then there was like all this stuff and we were doing a bunch of black window cream stuff. And then all the way at Patel, basically like even me going to Iowa, I was still working on other productions that I have coming up. And so I like wrote the speech or whatever, like out created my outline on the flight to Iowa 
got there at like eight or six or something and like fell asleep by 8 p.m woke up at 4 a.m road road road, 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 went to you and i at nine and then i talked for like ever like i was seeing all these old people that i haven't seen in forever i went to all these old classrooms it was dope because michael was there um shout out to michael he's gonna make like a whole video about this so he he'll have like footage (laughs) he'll have footage of all this but like i went to all the classrooms and i was like I just remembered all this shit that had like that we did in those rooms. You know what I mean? And it's crazy too. Cause like, there's so much stuff that like in one specific room, there's like one room that I met like my homie that then his brother became like my mentor. Like they both became my mentors and like music that I ended up building. Like in like, if I wouldn't have taken that one class, I would never have met that one person. And that person wouldn't have linked me with these. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Just think thinking about all that shit, but then getting to like the speech part of it, uh, it was crazy because they had like a small auditorium. I think it fit like, I really don't know how many people were in there, like maybe 150 or something like that. But that was like their most, like the biggest attendance that they had because they've only ever tried to do it locally. I kind of bummed. I wish I would have known that this is what their goal was, like to do a whole like recruitment opportunity, like to hit up local high schools or surrounding schools to come because we could have blown this shit up. Like it could have been like a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like they could have made it a way bigger deal than it ended up being mm-hmm. but it for what it was for them like yo this is like we're allowing the public to come for the first time and i just like make like a facebook post and then a bunch of people wanted to come or whatever it was pretty cool so travis goes out travis Lloyd was there he's been on the podcast look him up and he was doing like this intro for me <coughs> and he he like came out and this is right before i go on right like i've never spoke before like this i've done like q a's and live you know what i mean like but travis goes out and He's like, hey, everybody, I want to... His mic starts going out, like, right away. And then the, he's and he's talking, and it's like, you hear him for a second, and then it's just room tone, and you hear him, like, far away, and then the mic turns back on, and then it goes away. And, like, I'm just sitting in the back of the room, like, God damn it, dude, is this going to happen to my mic? Like, I have this mic on my head, yeah. like, that's supposed to work, and I'm like, Does, is the sound fucked? Like, shit, like... I'm going to have to yell for an hour to these people <laughs> in this big ass auditorium. And then, and Travis is just sitting up there and I'm just like crying in the back like this. Of course this is going to happen to me. And, uh, and then someone's like, Travis, you're the mic's not working. And he's just like, yeah, I'm aware. Like I'm just fighting through this. Like he thinks, I don't know if I should say this on here. He thought that the audio dude was fucking with him because he thought he was being too needy. Like Travis is like, I asked him for a couple of things. And I don't know. I feel like they were just like shutting it off. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. But then I got up there and everything was cool. But uh, so did the intro go off? Like, did he act? Did he actually get to like say what he wanted to say? He said not? it, and you could tell what he was saying. But it was like sometimes it was like he's worked for. Z and he's also done da, 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 and, and then it was just you know what I mean it was just like hard to like if you weren't up close it was yeah, kind of shitty trash. for the people in the back so it wasn't like an A1 introduction I was expecting him to come out with this from fire he had, he had a, it was fire what he said was fire but he just wrote it out like I'll just talk louder in the times where the mic doesn't work he did it as if it looked like he didn't know that the mic was off but he just spoke loud and so you could kind of hear him and then I think he was just pissed that it wasn't working. He just wanted to get to me so we could get out of the way and just like let me come up and do it. But uh, I mean, people were yeah, like, ah, you know, doing that whole right. shit. But uh, it was crazy. I don't really know how to recap it because it was just like kind of quick. Like it happened so quick. You blacked out? Not really. I was there. It was cool. It was tight because I, I like, I, I like uh, looked at people. Like I would make sure to like, like lock with people and like moved across the room and lock with people. 
and we used to do that in our shows like when we played music like we'd always really try to focus on people we try to focus on people that weren't having a blast right and then when we would do that in shows like by specifically we'd always do this when we were rapping he'd be like he'd find the person that's having the least amount of fun and he'd like lock eyes with the person and literally rap like a whole verse at them and then point at them and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy would be like, yeah. And then he'd start turning around. Bring them in. Yeah, and he'd just go up or like he'd just see like some random person like flip us off for no reason and he would make sure that person ended up having the best time. You know what I mean? It was like so weird. Like When I I used to speak in like in school or like whenever I had to do a public speech or whatever, I, I remember like my tendency is I would lock, but I would like tend to like lock on like one person or like a couple of people, like the person that's giving you the most energy back. Yeah. You just you, I, like, end up locking on them. You know what I'm like, saying? You know what, you know what I'm saying? And you get the energy back from <laughs> yeah. them to like feel like you're doing your thing. Right. But then you, it's important to like look at other people too. Cause this one person's like, you're staring at them and they like want to give you that, but they also like, like, damn, he keeps staring at me. You well, know what I mean? And when we did, when we were filming Gary V, Gary V was at Lewis's house for a podcast. And like when he was doing Lewis's podcast, we're like around, you know, where they are and we're like behind the cameras and Gary would like be talking to him and for like affirmation or whatever, he would like look at us and like he would always look at us. Like he always like bounced between the three of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what it would be like. Like yeah. you guys have to know what I'm saying because you're the ones behind the camera. Like you, So when you get to social media, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel it like was it's just like subconscious like, of like wanting affirmation of like what you're saying. People are like getting it, which is Yeah, funny. but it also makes you feel like you have to like agree with them because right. they're looking at you and like you, exactly. if you're not paying attention, like if I keep, if you notice that I'm kind of locking eyes with different people, you're going to be like, damn, I got to like look at him because... Yeah, you don't want to be caught like looking away uh, or some nah. shit. Like I saw a kid, I saw a kid in the first workshop. I have a video. I, I like took it down because I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't bash this kid. Like, <laughs> because it's just like, you know, the, the yeah. super zooms and he's just full on head in his lap <laughs> in the middle of this like <laughs> presentation about drones. And I'm like, I that guy it. has I no interest it. in that shit. You did? Uh, did? Didn't you put it? I think yeah, I, I had it up, it. but I deleted it. Like I deleted it pretty quick. But um, anyway, yeah, it was like, it was, that was a cool like thing but also like preparing for it like you scotty travis like but like us going through ideas and like you having heard me say this all my stories a million times and me sitting here like do i have any stories you're like yeah talk about this story i'm like oh shit that's a good idea yeah. talk about this so we like weaved the ideas and then like scotty gave me a really good piece and so did travis i think they were both saying the same thing but like their biggest tips was like walk away with three things so we came up with three things that we could kind of like pinpoint uh, as like pillars of the success, right? right? So that's kind of like what we that was, used. That was my concept. Yeah, which concept. I loved. And that's what Sky is like, you wanna, le- you wanna hit them with three things that make sense and you can tell stories related to that. Right. And so the three things I ended up saying were- 10,000 we hours. 10,000 10, hours and talked about like the theory of 10,000 hours and then how I've probably put in a million hours. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but the consistency and shit. But it was cool when I was saying all this stuff because dude, they were like, they got it. They're like, yes, like, oh shit, you're right. Like, fuck, I do want to be a gamer. I should play the game more. I should stream more. I should like, you know what I mean? Like they started hearing it. Like that plays a pivotal role in everything moving forward. You're not going to be good. And I showed them the you and I video dog and they yeah, fucking die. died. They died. Cause it's I just, re- I wish we could show everyone. That I know <laughs> there's this, I'm put you on blast. Like that. I know. And I want to save it. Cause I will keep doing this speech shit. This shit's right. fun. Uh, but it's like this video. <laughs> I basically played Beyonce's um, uh, homecoming, homecoming trailer. trailer to show like what the recent thing I did was. And then I'm like, 
but it wasn't always that tight. And then I showed the video I made while I was in college and it's me with like long ass hair and I just like shave my head as a news report. That's the news. <laughs> and people were like, damn, like you really like, you know what I mean? But it gave people hope. I and think. it was like, and it gives you, it's like showing vulnerability. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're not actually gonna come there like being like, I'm the shit. I'm you're the like, shit. This is all the stuff we do every day. And this right. is, it's always been like, it's like, no, 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 honey. It has not. That's dope. And I feel like ten, that's why we came up with these concepts too. Cause like 10,000 hours is tight, especially for someone like in high school or in college who, cause like when I was a senior, I was stressed the fuck out thinking like, what am I going to do? Right. And you think you need to have it all figured out. Like right when you graduate, like right. what are you doing? Right. And then especially if you're trying to be creative, you like, you have to accept that it's going to take you a long time to get there. And I told you when we, when we were talking about it, like that's what inspired me a lot about your story was I started learning it. Um, was the idea that like you're like I'm 20 almost 25 now but like you took so many years to get to where you are now right. but like all the years that it took you to get to where you are like make you able to have done the things you've been doing the last two or three years you know yeah, what I mean facts. like all those little experiences along the way mm -hmm. like you wouldn't be able to do what you do now without having to grind for like eight years and not knowing what you're gonna do you exactly know? yeah that's literally what we talked about the second thing was adding value with no expectations of return and that's pretty self-explanatory but i was like this is so for real <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's right. so real and then the exceed all expectations so it was like hitting those three things and like going through those step by step and kind of tying it to different stories from my shit like my career or whatever i don't know it's just crazy because i could tell it was making sense to people like people were getting it and i could see it like people were on like the edge of their seats and then like hearing from like Lauren and other people are in the crowd like she was talking about Lauren said that there was like definitely some black window cream squads that were like definitely like right up front and like I'd be like so then that's when I started doing this with Kendrick Lamar and they'd be like see I told you dude I told you like they were right. like lean to each other and shit <laughs> and there was just people like damn for real and then they came up like yo we gotta get a picture with you man like yo come on can you send my song to Kendrick like, can you do this oh, to Q like and they yeah. did some of that stuff but like there was so many people there was this one kid that came up to me and I don't remember uh, who, what his name was, but I think, and I don't want to quote me on this, but I think he had like a form of autism. And when he came up to me, he told me like he won something and it was like the coolest shit because he just said like I inspired him. Like he, you know, he wanted to compete in, because I talked about film festivals and how that was like huge for us and he liked the idea of that. And just, he was like, man, this shit just like, just inspire me like you I've never heard nobody like nobody's ever talked to me like that and you do what I want to do you know what I mean like that just changed I don't know something genuine about him talking about this because it's just like he was very focused about wanting to participate in this like life you know what I mean yeah. you know what the cool I think the coolest thing about like we, we're titling this episode pay it forward and I feel like where that manifests itself is the idea of like imagine if you were a senior and like you watched the speech that you just gave Right. Like when you were a senior and you probably like weren't and hadn't found your way yet. And you watched so you like another version of you say everything you just said and imagine like how that would impact you back then. That's you what, what I, I mean? wanted. And then like, like, and like thinking about that is so tight. Cause it's like the possibility of what you've done for people who are listening. Right. And like, that's what pay it forward really is, you know? Yeah. And that's like that guy that spoke to me. You know what I mean? Like that was literally forever ago. And I heard him say that shit and I was like, damn, it's possible. And then you fast forward. Like, it's not like I left right then. It's not, I didn't move here right then. It, he 
li- he literally said that story and then like years passed before I ever moved to California. But I remember knowing it was possible then and started working on my process to get me to where I needed to be, whether I knew it or not at that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or I was already doing it, but that was like confirmation that it's possible and all this shit. And it just, but yeah, I, I think the pay it forward aspect too, it's just, it felt good to pay it forward. It felt good to like talk about it. It was really cool because my teacher, Miss Seymour, who I think I might've talked about on this podcast, I definitely like tweeted about it once. She came and she was like my grade school, like computer teacher. Like <laughs> this is so fucking, I'm so old, but like when computers were like nothing and she taught us how to like type. And then I remember when IMAX came out and we got to like, make a slideshow to music. And I, and I remember doing that. And that was like when I was like, Oh, I can tell stories like this is crazy. Ah. And then, uh, and then years later, she, she's the one that gave me my first final cut pro software, like final cut six or five or seven. I don't know. And she gave that to me for free. And I like talked about that in the middle of the speech. Cause she was there. I invited her like two days before I'm like, Hey, yo, you played a like, super crazy role. And I don't even know if you know it, but please come and she came and she brought some of her students and shit it was so cool to be able to like have her be there and like we copped a photo and shit it was fire it's crazy bro and like my other teachers from college were there too like my production my intro to production teacher she was there and she was just like jacked and shit like you know i mean i was like oh i'll skype in your kids or whatever like let me skype in your kids and talk to them and she was just like so stoked and she's like i'm gonna play your old doc I still have it. I still have the file. Like I might hold that against, I might start a YouTube channel just to expose you. Oh, nah. <laughs> I was like, do it. I'll, st- I'll put it on my YouTube channel. Right. Like, but it was cool. Like having her ask me questions and me being able to answer them for all of the students. And I don't know, dude, it was yeah, wild. Your parents are there. I, yeah. My yeah, family, my I parents. Probably, that's probably the coolest part. Yeah, it was dope. Your parent, your parents getting to watch you be up there and like, you know, the, it's co- tight. the coolest part was that my parents, Lauren, my uncles, aunts, my homies that came, I don't think anyone expected me to be able to like come in there and like actually do speak. some real speech shit. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't do, you know what I mean? Look at me, how I talk to people. When how I was many cussing. times did you cuss on accident? None. Nice. I did not. I said shit and I apologize for the video. And I was like, I, I just, it says S word sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm, and my mom was like, he said he's apologizing for the S word. I can't believe he didn't say fuck. That's crazy. Right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was like, damn, but I didn't cuss. That was dope. And then, uh, yeah, I just like, you know, kept my, kept it together, but it was cool. Like afterwards. Cause they were like, everyone's feedback was like, it flowed. It felt like you've been doing it forever. And like they, it, it had comedy. It had serious moments. It had this, this and that, like all the things you could ever want, mm-hmm. like to hire someone like that. You know what I mean? Like in the future. And I was like, shout out to YouTube. You know what I mean? Cause I would just watch people do that. And I watched Travis speak a bunch of times and I remember seeing speakers as like, what do you like the most from that? You know what I mean? Like the way they, did you tell me like to take pauses? Someone me. told me, yeah, yeah it was me. you. Right. And I kept thinking about that the whole time. Cause I'm like, I talk so fast and that's like the number one thing I wanted to try that time. Right. So I was like, I did it. I don't know. I want to watch the footage to see, maybe I just rambled like the whole time, but like, yeah, I know. Cause that's, we're both natured like that. Like, uh, and 
you have to like force yourself because if you don't if you don't get if you're not careful you'll just like it'll be an hour and you just hadn't stopped speaking. I know. I know. People are like yeah trying to catch up, you know. But I would like try to tell so I had my iPad up there and I would like flip through the thing sometimes just see like where I was at and like oh yeah I could talk about that and then like go into that. But I had it like pretty I don't my brain doesn't work that well and I couldn't believe that some of the shit I just like knew to go to it just because I like been I, but I wrote like all the details of it on the plane, you know. No, that's that's important like that last minute preparation. But also I feel like there's this nature of just like I, t- I texted you like you got a Kobe sometimes it's right. like that instinct that comes out the adrenaline that comes out and like mm-hmm. in the moment that pulls that extra level of like yeah of like whatever you want to call it you know the yeah. mojo out of you it was uh, it's the same thing as like you prepping for a shoot like night before waking up and not really having it figured out but just like you ha- make it happen right you know yeah exactly yeah that's funny I think um, I did a workshop afterwards and that one I was like way more or less focused on because I'm like I can just talk I just I just did this speech I'm good yeah I, if I do this speech and it's fire I'm good to talk yeah. about whatever you know what I mean so I like went into a couple things but and I, we just kicked it for a while but it was cool because I got to answer a bunch of questions you know what I mean people were asking me all kinds of stuff so I was just like riffing with them and showing them examples of stuff I showed them like the d- little dicky stuff I talked about campaigns getting uh, taken from you like jobs getting canned like that's a reality you know what I mean like right. It was pretty. It was I, pretty fun. I I look back and I think about it because I think it's cool too, because you always told me your your program and your media program was very like news broadcast based. And mm-hmm. That's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of like in college and you're like learning to be like a part of the not only say system. I hate the word, but like a part of like a, a very structured path. You know, you get a job at a studio, or you get a job at a right. network, or you you know you you production company or whatever. And it's, I think it's really cool for, especially if high schoolers saw you, but like freshmen, sophomores, people in college to see like, yo, this like the, that just see in person that there's so many ways to success Yeah, because that's the dopest thing ever. Cause it's like, you could be in college studying this, but you don't have to do this one route. You right. don't have to be, you know, an AC and then this, and you don't have to like work on set and be a PA and work your way up. You don't have to like work in a house. You know what I mean? Like there are ways you can go get it yourself. Right. And I feel like whenever you were in college and then uh, keep like, as it keeps progressing, it's like college is starting to figure, people are starting to figure out that college is like a place where you can kind of like find yourself and then go on to do things as opposed to like go to college, get a degree in broadcasting or media or whatever, and then do what that degree says you have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like cool because I feel like that's where all this is heading. It's like, you know, I got a degree in economics and I'm doing this. Right. There's people who got film degrees. There's people who got biology degrees who are fucking own businesses or whatever, you know, it's like less structured now. And it's important for people to see like, successful people who maybe didn't have it figured out in college, but like found their way to do something dope, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, it was dope, it was cool. Uh, we'll make it, so the In the Field episode will come out at some point, I'm assuming, just like a little behind the scenes of what it was like that day. And uh, we'll figure it out, I don't know, I'm sure that'll be ready in like two weeks. But what, what do we have coming up? We have, um, we're gonna drop a new video on so, the day that this comes out. Yeah, so if you're listening to this at like 8 a.m. PST, so then 3 p.m. Pacific time, the, um, the, the video we did for Dutch Bros, Life is Beautiful, will be on the Dutch Bros YouTube channel. Look at our Instagram. We'll be posting like the link and swipes up, swipe up and all that stuff. Definitely check it out. It was a really tight experience. Yeah, it's like a six minute highlight of our trip to Vegas where we basically picked two random customers that were in line at a Dutch Bros stand and 
gave them this trip of a lifetime. We flew them in a helicopter to a music festival, had them picked up in a half a million dollar Ferrari to take them to a music festival and got them access for a whole weekend. And uh, and then and we, we filmed it. And we filmed it in the behind. Yeah, we made like the behind the scenes part of it, which is kind of tight. So make sure to look out for that. Uh, I do want to get to our question of the day brought to you by our Discord members as well as uh, read the top on iTunes, um, an iTunes review. And by the way, I said this last time, I want to get to 200 iTunes reviews. We're at like 170 something. So I need y'all to pull up on the iTunes page, please and drop us a review because that shit helps out a ton. I'll just read the review real quick. Mr. Videographer, don't, if you're hearing this and you wrote your name as that, make sure to DM us so we can send you some stickers because uh, we send stickers to everyone that leaves an iTunes review now. So he says, top-notch, amazing guests that are still in the game, dropping gems. Thank you for your platform and the love to share what you know with us creatives. You are welcome, G. Appreciate you. Thank you. Leave an iTunes review, y'all, because... For real, that shit helps out a lot. Like we really need you to pull up on that shit. Um, I swear to God, if you're still listening to me and you haven't started to pull up iTunes and leave a review, I will find you and I will kill you. Uh, I'm joking, I won't kill you. All right, question of the day. I think this is the one that we're gonna do because we had some technical difficulties with the last time we did it. Oh yeah, right. So this one's from Neutral PV and I love this question. And it's how, as someone is, that is far away from big gigs, big businesses, and big cities that are chasing photographers and videographers, what would be the best way to approach someone that would have me travel three plus hours to do the work? Um, so basically, he lives, in a, he lives in a city that's three hours away from a city that really has the opportunities he's trying to get. So he's wondering how does he approach cli- potential clients in that city when travel is included in, in, the, in the ability for him to work for them. Right. I think, uh, we talked about this before, we but did. I think um, the most important thing is location, right? Like being available in a location. One thing to say you live somewhere and not actually live there can be a problem because if you tell me you live in Dallas and you really live in fucking Lubbock and it takes you 10 hours to get to Dallas, you don't really live in Dallas. So when I call you and say, hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z or whatever you do, and you're gonna be available not until tomorrow, I need to hire someone else. So being able to be close, at least you're three hours away, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Like to be able to be You can up. wake up at five in the morning and get there. You can get you somewhere, yeah, by eight if you need to be there. But I think the biggest thing is trying to be in that space more often and find ways to make that happen. So an example, find homies that live there and see if you can crash on the couch for a weekend or kick them some cash so you can you know, pop up an air mattress or whatever just to be there every weekend and then start building your network around the idea that you're in town Friday to Sunday night and say, I'm available Friday, Sunday night, whatever you guys need, I got you or whatever it is, Monday through Friday, like whatever it is. And Dave did that shit. Like he would travel. Where did you, what's, you would always travel. It was like, Austin to San Antonio. So that's like an hour different. That's an hour away. So it's the same situation. Austin had better opportunities, but an hour is like, I, I would say that I was based in Austin, even if I was in San Antonio, because you realistically, but, but you could really, get there. And, and my girlfriend lived in Austin, so I could stay at her place on the weekends and that would be my, my move. But right. like, um, you know, an hour is, you, you can make an hour happen. Three, I still feel like is important. My tip, number one, is you have to be ready to be called, like you have to be accessible at all times. You have to be ready at any time to like pack up your bags and make the drive three hours. Yeah. If you're gonna, but 
if you're going to make that happen. But to even get gigs in the first place, I feel like you got to take all the inconveniences you can possibly can from the clients. So like if you tell them, oh yeah, I want to hire me, but you got to pay for my flight or but you got to pay for my gas. You're already giving like yourself challenges to even get the job. So because before, cause the local kid right. that's doing the same thing as you doesn't need the extra hundred bucks for gas or the whatever it is. Exactly. So they'll just book that person. So or you have to, you have to put yourself on evil playing field with the people that live in that city. Right. So if you have to be making the drive, like he said, get out there on the weekends, make your relationships. And then eventually when they're a, a, a client that, you know, they, they want to work with you, then maybe you can ask them to pay for travel. It's I, the example I did last time when you recorded this was, um, if you're trying to apply for a job in LA and your resume says any other city than LA, it's widely known that the companies literally will just throw your resume in the trash. Yep. And it's because there are so many people in LA that there's going to be someone that's equally experienced as you. And it, they don't, they don't want to spend the resources to fly you out, to put you up, to, to interview you when there's all the people they can find that already live there that can drive and park there that day. So yeah. that's, that's kind of like the, the, the comparison. Love it. Um, that's a great question. All right, cool. Questions of the day. You can ask one in our discord. So make sure to join us on patreon.com slash black window cream to do that and all the other dope ass perks that you get when you sign up for that. And we're done. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave the comments and also leave that fucking review because we need more reviews. <laughs> yeah, dig. All right, bye.